I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. My guest on Facing the Giants is Christopher Hunsberger, co-founder and chief operating officer of Appalachian, a new boutique hotel brand that is taking on a somewhat different tack when it comes to hospitality. Flipping the traditional hotel first, restaurant second notion and making food and beverage a core component across every element of a guest's stay. Chris, a veteran luxury hotelier who was previously president of hotel operations for the Americas at Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, teamed with celebrity chef and restaurant operator Charlie Palmer to create Appalachian. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Scott. So pleased you can join me. So prior to founding Appalachian with renowned chef Charlie Palmer, you spent 30 years or so in various strategic leadership roles with Four Seasons. So can you talk about your experience working at one of the world's most loved luxury hospitality brands and how Four Seasons Company's culture helped prepare you for Appalachian? I'd be delighted to, Scott. It's uh, it's it was 30 plus years I was with Four Seasons and started there fresh out of school um, and had the, the good fortune to uh, travel with the company uh, throughout North America early on in my career, doing a lot of different operational jobs. Um, and it was a tremendous learning experience. That was 30 plus years ago when Four Seasons was not even 20 years old. So it was a relatively young company. Even when I joined it uh, 30 years ago, um, it was not that well known, but it was one of the newcomers to the luxury hospitality space uh, that was really starting to redefine what luxury hospitality meant at the time. Um, and it, along with several other um, established brands today, were the beginning, I think, of the what we know as today as, as uh, high-end luxury hotels in the United States. Um, and, and many of those have gone on like Four Seasons to be global companies. But again, I had the good fortune to grow up in that company and see it grow and see it evolve. And so I learned a lot of lessons seeing a company that was relatively small. When I joined the company, it was less than a dozen hotels. When I left the company 30 years later, it was over 100 hotels. Um, uh, certainly, one of the things that was very foundational was having a, a great leader um, in Izzy Sharp, who was the chairman and the founder, who really set the tone for the company. Still to this day is, is an integral part of that, that very successful hospitality company. Uh, but it, Izzy did everything um, uh, and, and really believed in setting a very strong culture. And it's something that Charlie and I have taken to heart as we think about what we're building as we start uh, building out uh, our company, Appalachian Hotels. Um, and, and Izzy was someone who, who understood the value of people. Um, we can all have great ideas and great concepts, things like that, but not unlike um, Izzy did in founding Four Seasons and putting a lot of value and trust in people. Uh, that's the way that Charlie and I look at our organization today. And in terms of the importance of people, we very carefully built our senior leadership team and will continue to do so as we build it out uh, to meet the needs of, of our growing company. Um, I think a couple other things in common that, that I take away from that Four Seasons experience. One was Four Seasons started at its inception and continued to evolve through the 30 plus years I was there in really thinking about the importance of food and beverage um, and what it, it should mean and can mean in the overall hotel hospitality offering. And certainly did a lot of pioneering on that front. Um, and it's actually one of the first places I met Charlie was when we brought Charlie into one of our hotels in Four Seasons days. Um, and, and he helped us think about food and beverage in a, in a different kind of way, very connected 
way to the community and sense of place. Um, and certainly the other thing that I take away from, amongst many things that take away from the great experience I had at Four Seasons and have, have applied as we start to grow Appalachian Hotels is the spirit of innovation. We want everyone in our team to embrace innovation. We want to constantly evolve. We don't think that hospitality should be a static thing. Um, it should be reflective of the times we're in and the places we're in and, and, uh, and what people are looking for in, uh, in luxury travel. So uh, a lot of great lessons. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better foundation um, and it set me up well along with my partner to, uh, to build out Appalachian Hotels in the future. So what were you seeing in the hospitality and culinary markets that inspire you and Charlie to launch a culinary first hotel brand? Um, we've seen the, the opportunity where today, uh, and, and compare that relative to maybe a decade or two ago, the importance of, of great uh, food and beverage experience is, is just much more important. And there's that much more of it out there. Um, whether you're looking at in, in the hotel spaces, but even, even more so when you talk about food and beverage in freestanding restaurants and bars and, and, and other establishments like that. And so it's, it's always changing. Um, and a couple takeaways as, as we sort of scan what's happening out there in the world of, of food and beverage, restaurants, bars, and things like that today is the importance of, of relevance in that particular market. Um, and so that's something we very much focus on in the world of food and beverage is, is it relevant to that market? Is it specific to that market? We really like to work with uh, local artisans, local farmers, um, anybody connected to what we're ultimately creating and then delivering as a part of that guest experience in our restaurants and bars. And so that's a very important sort of cornerstone foundation to the way we think about it. We also really believe in celebrating people. And so um, the importance of growing talent and uh, constantly cultivating the, the talent we have, whether it's on the culinary side, whether it's on the beverage side, um, but the, the people that sort of bring it all to life and the personalities um, is, is another very important ingredient in the experiences we're trying to create. Uh, Charlie always talks about the importance of, we want those places to be very connected to the community. We want them to be, if you will, the living room of the community. Um, even though, you know, uh, if we talk about Appalachian Healdsburg or a hotel in Healdsburg that's under construction now, when we talk about that, we want people in the Healdsburg community, in the greater northern Sonoma County area, to think about that as, as their living room, their place to go to. Um, they can go there for, you know, an elevated experience. They can go there for a more casual experience, but they know when they're there that it's very much of place, whether it's in the design, whether it's in the food or the beverages that we're providing. You know, we really focus on trying to make sure we tap into that community of vendors and suppliers and work very closely with them to profile what they're doing and bringing that in and, and, and featuring that. Um, and so it's a little bit about how we, we think about uh, F&B today um, and it's constantly changing, but but being very connected to community and really celebrating what that community is about and making it a place that people feel comfortable, regardless of the reason coming there is, is really important to us. So how, how did you arrive at the name Appalachian? What's the significance behind it? Well, we uh, very early on uh, talked a lot about the importance uh, in this, what we call approachable luxury space of being very connected to that destination. We don't want any one of our two hotels to look the same. We want them uh, to embrace uh, the architecture and the interior design that is, that is more indicative of that area. 
Um, we want to make sure that the teams we, we use to bring these properties to life are from the area. Um, and that we're constantly cultivating a team um, that is up and coming from that area. Um, we focus on all aspects to make it feel as though, you know, it's, it's very, very connected. Um, and, um, and so whether it's the F&B that we're talking about or the hotels and, and all these elements that go into making up the hotels, we, we really wanted to make sure that it has this great connectivity to the place. And so appellation in, in the simplest of terms really means to give name to a place. Mm -hmm. um, and so what more appropriate um, than to really, you know, convey in a very strong way appellation, you know, giving name to a place that is really truly representative of that space. So that's how we came across it. We were very fortunate um, after having searched a lot of of potential names mm -hmm. that would convey that idea that Appalachian became available to us and, and we quickly seized on that opportunity because we think it's it's so appropriate and it really does help convey a very clear, consistent message in what we're, we're going to deliver. Now, your current portfolio of properties is in some iconic leisure destinations like Healdsburg in Sonoma County in Northern California, Sun Valley, Idaho, Pacific Grove, California, and just recently up at Petaluma, which is also in Sonoma County. I'm assuming you were drawn to these places from a culinary standpoint. What is the common thread for these four locations from a business standpoint? Great question, Scott. Um, I would say it's a couple of things. Um, one is um, there, there are areas that we believe are underserved um, in terms of uh, approachable luxury. Um, and so we, we see it as a, as a great business opportunity to, to fill a void in those areas, not to say that there's not some very good hotels in, in these destinations that we're going to, but we, we saw an opportunity for us to, you know, continue to build upon the success of others. Um, we also really love these places. We just, we, Charlie and I are a place in our lives where when we decide to do a new project these days, we have to really love the destination. We have to really, um, appreciate all that, that it has. Um, there isn't a project today that we're working in where we haven't spent time in that destination um, and, and a place where we don't have connections to all sorts of people in those destinations, some more than others. Um, and, and with the ones we know really well, uh, perhaps a little easier to, to start that process in terms of conceiving what is going to really make it true to place, truly an Appalachian hotel in that destination. And where not, we go and spend that much more time getting to know the destination. If we're, if we're unsure at all for a moment, we, we spend that much more time digging in, getting to know who are the people that sort of, you know, make this destination? Uh, who are all the makers and artisans that make this destination? And, and how can we do something that's unique and differentiated from what everybody else is doing in that particular destination? You know, in the business world, there, there are also markets that have high barriers to entry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in many cases, unlikely that there'll be a lot of other uh, luxury hotels developed in those destinations. So when you're scouting down future destinations for an Appalachian property, what do you look for? Uh, much the same. Uh, places that have high barrier to entry, places that uh, probably there will be harder challenging for others to, you know, to go follow after us and build another luxury hotel. Uh, places that, again, we love and we want to celebrate um, and places where we feel, you know, there's, there's a void, there's an opportunity for us that's calling. And I, I say one other thing that I didn't mention to you earlier, Scott, in that 
the quality of our development partners we have in all these projects is equally as important. Um, I'm sure anyone listening to this can appreciate that, that, you know, we all try to choose wisely in life, whether it's choosing our partner or choosing, you know, a business partner. Right. Um, and, and Charlie and I have had the good fortune of most and many of the things we've done having really great business partners, but we periodically had business partners that weren't the best, right? Uh, and so we've learned from that and we, we're very careful about uh, the business partners that we're dealing with now as we bring these hotels uh, into development. And we're really fortunate that we've surrounded ourselves with some with some great development partners that have aligned visions and aligned values with us in creating these, these very unique properties. You said in an interview recently that with Appalachian, the intersection of culinary and hospitality is seamless. So what does that mean for guests? Um, we, we've thought a lot about that, and it's constantly evolving, Scott, for us. But uh, we, we, we've we seen in, in many um, other uh, hotels um, of great quality where there's, there's almost a, a, a separation of the culinary experience and much of the rest of the hospitality experience. So as we started the company four plus years ago, we thought about how do we bring that closer together? How do we, we meld that so it feels more integrated, that it feels more holistic? Um, a lot of that we do through bringing the heart of the house, as we refer to it, or the back of the house into the front. If you look at the design of a lot of our restaurants today, the restaurants uh, and and the action, if you will, the culinary team, we push forward into the front of the house. We have a lot of culinary stations in our restaurants. So the guests, when they're there, can see a lot of the preparation itself. Um, in, in the daytime, when the restaurant may not be as active, there's still staff out there. They're perhaps preparing for the next meal period. And we really want the, the, the guests, when they're there, to be able to connect with our staff to talk about what we're doing, what we're creating perhaps for that next meal. Um, and so that's that's one key element of it. Um, we have also kind of a unique approach. Many hotels today, luxury hotels, have a, a traditional private bar, a mini bar in the hotel. We saw that as an opportunity to do something much more significant. So on instead of the traditional private bar inside the guest room, uh, we have what we call pantries on our guest floors. And so we have what looks like a very upscale residential pantry um, on the guest floors in our hotels where we can provide a much more robust offering. We can offer much more uh, in terms of fresh foods um, out in those pantries on a regular basis that are constantly being replenished throughout the day. So it's a, it's a really an elevated guest experience, much like if you were staying in someone's home and they said to you, Scott, while you're here with us, you know, anything you'd like, come down, you know, to our kitchen, come down to our pantry. You know, the world is your oyster here. Please enjoy it, right? And and a lot more variety than you could pack into a private bar um, in, a, in a guest room. Um, we also, um, in every one of our projects today, whether they're in a, uh, in a, in a more urban setting um, or uh, in Petaluma, where we're perhaps even a, a little more condensed in terms of the footprint that we have for the hotel, we have gardens, right? Uh, in Healdsburg, you know, we have you know several acres of gardens where we're constantly going to be. Our team um, will be gardening, gardening there throughout the year, in addition to orchards that we have, um, and regularly leveraging that product that we're we're growing on site um, is an important part of that experience, uh, and be able to talk to that um, and and showcase those gardens. Uh, again, we think a lot of people today want to understand a lot more about what's the origin of that food, whether it's something we're growing on property or the origins of working with local farmers and things like that. 
Um, one other example I'd share with you, Scott, is that we have maker spaces um, in our hotels. More often than not, those are in lobby spaces. Um, think of them as a glass jewel box right. where um, we can um, provide all sorts of experience for our guests while they're in the hotel. In the morning, if you came down, it might be working with one of our local coffee makers and they might be doing a cupping experience and explaining to you, you know, when they're when they're making a blend of coffee, what goes into it to make something that's specific for Appalachians needs and desires and something that was, we think is, is unique to that particular destination. Later in the day, it could be one of our culinary staff prepping something for the next meal period and allows you to go in there and, and talk with one of the staff about it and, and engage and, and have an exchange, taste something if it's uh, in progress and ready to be tasted. Um, we also have uh, developed what we call crafted at Appalachian, which are uh, at any given point in time, we'll have upwards of about 50 different class offerings that we have a partner that's worked with us on developing these. We actually have one coming up this, this weekend that we're doing here in Healdsburg, just as a teaser in advance of the opening hotel, where we work with local artisans and makers. We bring them into these um, maker spaces. And with that, um, we put on classes. Some of those classes could be relatively short. They could be 30 minutes. Some of those classes could be like we're doing a, a, a cookie making class with a local cookie bakery uh, this weekend here in Healdsburg. And so there's always a variety of things that are very much about focusing on and showcasing local makers and artisans that are unique to this destination that whether you're a guest or whether you're a local, you might not be able to uh, experience on your own. Now, plans to form Appalachian were well in motion before the pandemic and the crisis delayed the development by a couple of years. So most companies use that downtime to rethink their business, you know, accelerate digital innovations. How do you use that time and what strategic changes did you make? Wouldn't, wouldn't we all look really brilliant if we said we, we knew the pandemic was coming and, and that was just <laughs> the perfect window for us to do this additional planning. But right. it, it was a, a blessing in disguise. I'm sure you've heard that from other people uh, before too. But um, it did give us an opportunity to reflect on the business. Um, the, the good news is it gave us an opportunity to really reevaluate every one of the projects we had going on at that point in time um, and make sure with our development partners who are very key to our success that we were continuing to evaluate what was going to make these hotels successful. Almost all of them, and I think anybody in the hotel business would probably say the same thing. If they had a project that was you know, in some stage of development prior to construction at the time the, the pandemic came upon us, most people paused those projects, gave us an opportunity to, to pause, reflect, refine those projects, make them better and stronger. Also helped us at that time, we were you know two plus years old, to refine our message around the brand, right? And make sure as I'm describing to you today, um, that we had a, a clear, more consistent message that we're really going to allow us to make sure that what we're going to be developing and building and ultimately operating and, and serving customers was unique and differentiated. So it gave us an opportunity to, to really work on that. Um, and also gave us an opportunity to develop new relationships with new partners. Um, you know, I've mentioned to you the four projects that we're very public and very visible about right now. We have three or four others right now that actually started most of them back during the pandemic. They were not quite ready to announce yet, Scott, too. But, uh, you know, over the, over the coming year, we think probably at least two or three more of those will be ones that we'll be able to share with the public and continue to build on the momentum of, of what we're creating. 
And the pandemic also created a spotlight on health, leading to a focus on you know holistic wellness for the mind, body, soul. How did this new mindset of the traveler impact your wellness offerings? Um, it's it's always been top of mind, but again, allowed us to really refine it. I think we put, you know, as I think about it, we put more emphasis on really our our farm to table program, whether that's what we're doing on property or whether that's what we're doing and working in every one of these destinations with local farmers, vendors, suppliers, to make sure that we're pulling, uh, you know, the best of the best product um, from these particular vendors that we're working with. We also um, had the good fortune um, of really um, uh, focusing on, on our spas and making sure that they were going to be very connected to the community. Again, as we think about our spas, uh, which is really where a lot of our wellness, you know, happens at the property level. Um, uh, we've spent a lot of time with our spa consultant working on, you know, the, the local products that we can use and what's going to really make them feel that much more connected to the communities that they're in. Um, and, and then obviously every one of our, our hotels today um, has a fitness uh, area. So again, thinking about, you know, that, that combination and how do we sort of bring them together uh, of the spa, the fitness, and our, our food and beverage offerings in a very holistic way is something that you know, we've continued to evolve. Let's talk about the design elements of your properties. How do you think about the customer journey through your hotels? You know, what, what special factors do you consider when creating those spaces that are on brand? Yeah. Um, we're we're big fans of of a lot of different things when we think about the customer journey and when we think about what we're creating um, and and what's going to make them unique. Um, in many cases, we really focus on, um, as I said before, you know, the design aesthetic. We we have a, a great interior design partner that every one of our hotels, as we start the design process and particularly the interior design process, we really spend a lot of time with them, understanding. What are those elements that that we want to pull from? Whether it's um, you know it, it's materials or, or any other type of, of things that the guest sees and touches, how do we make sure that we're picking up those right and that they're going to be a key element of of the design that goes into them? We also really, um, as we said before, obviously it's this merger of of culinary and everything else going on in the hotel, and so we we love to make sure. Um, that that everything we're doing, we're thinking about that through that lens, and how can we, um, you know, create that connection throughout the guest experience? Um, some other things that we haven't talked about. Um, one is our our demonstration kitchens. So uh, in in three of our four projects today, we have a, a demonstration kitchen in our event space. Um, again, we we love to to create excitement, and we love to create. Um, that much more interest in the experiences, the dining experiences. And so one of the things early on we decided was instead of a banquet kitchen that's hidden behind walls and no one sees that, that activity and preparation and the team, you know, making that happen, uh, we've integrated demonstration kitchens. They can be tucked away behind a wall that, that, you know, makes them disappear. But more often than not, um, when the customer sees that as, as we do, it's a great experience to, um, allow us to to um, elevate and and create a visual interest there. We can showcase our culinary team uh, prepping the meal and and getting that meal ready for them. So demonstration kitchens are 
on one example. We can also use them literally for that, a demonstration that, you know, whether it's Charlie or any one of our culinary team in any one of these destinations can do cooking demonstrations um, in these kitchens as, a, as an alternative use of those. Um, our front desks are another great example. We want people as they arrive at our hotel to feel like you're being welcomed to someone's home in, in a very elegant setting. And so, you know, we have always something going on from a food and beverage experience. In Healdsburg, as an example, our arrival desk is, is a very large butcher block. So it feels like you're arriving into someone's kitchen as opposed to a traditional front desk that you might see at a hotel. Um, we, we also like to think about spaces and the fact that we want them to be multi-purpose wherever possible. So there's very few spaces that we design today that don't have at least an alternative purpose. Again, the maker spaces I mentioned to you before, those can be opened up and be part of the lobby in the hotel. They can be used for dedicated classes. They can be used for demonstrations. They could be used for meetings. Um, and so we really like to multi-purpose spaces to allow a lot of flexibility um, from our perspective, but also from the guest perspective. Um, and um, we really want to make sure in the architecture, right, that, that the buildings that we're creating, the style of architecture, really fits that destination and that people feel like, okay, I've arrived in Healdsburg and I look around and the architecture that I see here and design really feels like I'm, you know, in wine country, um, in the countryside. You know, you can see the vineyards as a part of our property. You can see the gardens as a part of our property. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's just somewhere and anywhere. It's, it feels like it's somewhere that's, that's really truly connected to the destination. And, you know, you've described Appalachian as approachable luxury. I know that's a term you use quite a bit. How so? Yeah, um, it's it's a term that that we didn't coin the term. I wish I could say we did. We've heard others use it too, although I think yes. we've been one that's really embraced it. Um, and and for us, we're not trying to be a five star hotel. We appreciate what other brands like the former company I work for, you know, really designs and and operates great five star hotels. We're in what we refer to as that four and a half star space. So think of a, a for us what that means is. It literally that it's a little bit more approachable. Um, uh, we're, we're, there is a degree of formality, but probably not as much formality as you would see in in a five star hotel. Um, we want things to be impressive, but not necessarily pretentious. Um, and uh, we regularly look, you know, for in the design, I mean, interior design in particular of what we do. We look for comfort just as we as much as we do functionality. Um, I'm sure you've sat in in chairs in beautiful hotels, right? That you thought this looks like a throne. It looks like something right. I'd be right. honored to sit in. What you sit in, and it's a very awkward or very uncomfortable chair. We want every one of those pieces that a guest is connecting to, touching, feeling, sitting in. In the case of a chair, we want you know comfort to be just as important in terms of look and feel uh, and the design of that. Um, and, um, and we really want, uh, staff, uh, to be able to interact on a very personalized way with the guests. We have a lot of tools, um, that we're deploying, uh, to be able to make sure, especially when the guest wants to share with us their preferences and things like that, that we can do a lot more personalization is, in what we're doing. And, and we'd also like to make sure that in, with all of our staff, the interaction they have with the guest, um, that they can do so in a way that is respectful, uh, but also isn't necessarily rote, um, or that they're hearing the same thing every time if, if you know three different guests ask the same question, right? We want want the staff to take time to think about that that response and and wherever and however possible 
tailor our, that and customize that to the guests that they're in front of, even, even where possible, understanding, you know, where is that guest at that point in time in their journey? You know, have they, have they just been traveling for three hours before they got there and all they want to do is get to the room? It's another very important part for us. We've spent a lot of time, Ed is a part of our team, our chief marketing officer um, has done a great job. We have a, a, a very uh, integrated technology platform that we've been building out and are continuing to build out again, Thank goodness for a couple of years of pandemic that gave us a little bit more time to focus on that. But we use technology, you know, to enhance the guest experience. We also realize that, you know, no two guests are the same. Some guests will embrace technology and will want to use it. And so it's there for the, the more tech savvy customer we have. We also know there's other customers that really don't want um, to necessarily have to, you know, think through the technology, even though our technology is very simple. Um, and so, again, we very much believe in, um, guests come in all different shapes and sizes, you know, one guest journey on a business experience where they might be coming to us versus, you know, a, a leisure experience will be very different. And we want to be able to have the, and allow the guests to interact with us on their terms, not on our terms. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your guests. Do you see your guests that are attracted to Appalachian as more serious food and beverage connoisseurs or just luxury travelers craving this authentic local experience like what is their psycho culinary profile yeah um we, we think we have a unique niche scott for sure in people that really love and celebrate food and beverage we equally see it as much where people may not have come to us for that experience but we have an opportunity to to expose them to to more of that and so that they can see it firsthand um, but certainly if, if you look at, you know, today, our communications, our media and that sort of thing, probably your eye would, would be picked up on the fact that there's not too much we do today that doesn't have some culinary element to it, some food and beverage element to it. Uh, but, but, you know, we also see it, um, as, as people that, as I've said before, that really want to connect to that community. You know, again, something my, my co-founder, uh, Charlie says quite routinely is, I want the guests that come to our hotel, right, to feel like when I left there, whether I was there just for a day, even if I was just there for, for a dining experience, right, that, hey, I feel like I was there and experienced it like a local. Um, and that that's that's really, really important to us. So I think we will have a great appeal, uh, as you said, to, you know, those that are food and beverage aficionados and people that, you know, follow that scene. But I think considering, you know, the holistic experience we're providing and that connectivity to place and community, um, that it'll be a, a place that people will really learn to appreciate as, as very different and differentiated um, that will allow us to attract a pretty broad swath of customers. And food has always played an essential role in the hospitality industry. Food tourism is becoming a real player in the tourism market with food and wine related services and events attracting greater numbers of tourists each year. And at the same time, travelers, especially the younger ones, are reconsidering the impact of their consumption and are requesting more sustainable food options. How is Appalachian thinking about sustainable consumption? Um, we we do it in a couple of different ways. Again, working very closely with our, our local purveyors, right? Um, enabling us to uh, make sure we've got the pulse on the ever-changing ever culinary landscape. Um, we also you know, want to make sure um, that everything we're doing is done. And again, that has a lot to do with knowing the vendors and suppliers and purveyors that we're dealing with is done in a very sustainable way. Um, in our in our 
Healdsburg property again, very top of mind because that's where we are today. Um, you know, our culinary gardens, we're working in partnership uh, with a, another partner, if you will, who's on uh, our campus, as I refer to it. And that's the Enzo Village uh, team. And, and they have been, they're, they're the ones that originally started greens here in, um, uh, in, in, the, in the Bay Area um, and um, have been farming sustainably for decades. And so they'll be working with us on our culinary program um, and wherever possible, uh, we'll be working, you know, with partners like that, that really have been doing this for a while that understand then how to do it in that particular destination itself. Um, and, you know, help us continue to evolve um, how we ensure that we do this in the most sustainable way. So since you're building your properties from the ground up, what role will technology play in making your guests and staff's experience more convenient? And what role will data play in decision-making? Very importantly, uh, we've made a very large investment um, in technology. Um, we, we today have, have developed a, a technology platform because we're new and we're young uh, and we're nimble we're able to take advantage of, of sort of a lot of the later technology that potentially uh, hotel companies that have been around a lot longer would have a harder time um, implementing just because they have a lot of legacy systems that might preclude them from doing that. We have the advantage of, of being young and new and being able to really um, have surveyed that landscape well and have cherry picked really what we think is a, is a great, very integrated platform. Those, those, technologies that we've brought together um, will allow us to, to do what we believe is, is, a, is a very different level of, of personalization strategy to make sure that we allow the guest um, through that platform to be able to design their experience to make it something that's very tailored and customized um, in what they'll do and experience while they're here. Um, it also allows us to have a much more cohesive uh, booking experience. When you go and you finally zero it in the location that you want to come and visit an Appalachian hotel and you start that booking process, um, we'll, we'll be learning with you as you go through that experience about you. And you know, there's a lot of, of uh, things that we can do leveraging that technology and leveraging what you're telling us about yourself that allow us to hopefully get you there to develop that journey for you in a faster, more efficient way but also a more cohesive way. You won't have to sort of go out of, of sort of one part of that experience and be going into a call it another alternative platform because of the fact that we spent the time building the integrations uh, between multiple different systems, i.e., you know, if you were booking a hotel stay and, and you were coming and staying with us in Healdsburg with your guest, um, whether it's booking your restaurant experience or your spa experiences or perhaps some wine tours and those things like that, we can do that all in a completely seamless experience as opposed to multiple systems or approaches that might be a little bit more cumbersome and clunky um, that others might not be able to do today. So from a marketing perspective, where do you see investing to build the Appalachian brand and drive bookings? The, there are, are a multitude of technologies that we're deploying to drive bookings. Um, and certainly probably what's core to that for any brand, and certainly something we focused on very early on, was our was our CRM. And in our case, we've we've chosen Salesforce Salesforce to partner with us. Um, Salesforce is really best in class 
they were very anxious and excited to work with us as a young hospitality brand to leverage a lot of the tools and resources they've now developed uh, that can be customized and tailorized to a hospitality platform. Um, and, and with that, what we'll be able to get is real-time personalization offers uh, for the guests um, and really allowing us to um, sell spaces that otherwise might not be available through a lot of other platforms out there, i.e. we can sell meeting space and experiential learning online. Um, there's not too much if you thought about coming to a hotel, whether it's things you would do and, and experience on our campus, on our properties, or whether it's even things offsite and partners that we're working with, that with the, the experience um, and the platform that we're co-developing with Salesforce, that we wouldn't be able to uh, make happen in a, in a very um, personalized, tailorized, and, and certainly very um, integrated way. What about social media? When I mean my marketing, are you, are you investing in social media, in online advertising? How are you investing in those areas to, to start building the brand? Great, great question, Scott. And, and it's really, uh, it's a multi-pronged approach. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We, we really launched the Appalachian brand just over six months ago. And a lot of that came through a public relations uh, launch that we did. And uh, we feel so fortunate that we've gotten just tremendous press. So mm -hmm. the press is, is, is very important, you know, and whether we're focusing on directly direct to consumer or those that influence, you know, the guest, uh, the guest decision, the traveler's ex, uh, decision, um, whether that be uh, high-end travel agencies, whether that be um, other platforms online, um, we've, we've gotten a lot of attention um, through our media uh, releases. Social media, uh, as you mentioned, is another key piece. Uh, We're on most of the major platforms today and really just starting that process at its infancy. We didn't want to be too far out in front of ourselves because we don't have something for guests to experience today other than things like uh, the crafted classes that we're now starting to do uh, here in Healdsburg and we'll start to do in a couple of these other markets we're coming to. Um, and um, using guest data across the entire buyer journey is something um, that's really, really important to us um, so that we can make sure that we're constantly learning about our guests. Um, the, the website we have today um, is going through yet another uh, iteration, um, and you'll see uh, something that much more robust uh, at the end of the second quarter this year. Not only will the imagery continue to evolve and constantly be evolving, so there's a reason for guests and customers and travelers to come back to the site, uh, but a lot, a lot of the technology behind that platform will continue to evolve um, so that it's more intuitive. If you as a, as a guest coming to our website um, choose to engage with us and share with us of information, we can serve up a lot more information to you that based upon what you've told us about your preferences, um, we think will be that much more engaging. You know, it seems like the last 12 months, pop culture faced the horrors of fine dining from the TV show, The Bear to the film, The Menu. And last month, Noma, the Copenhagen restaurant that helped to define a genre of ultra high end groundbreaking cuisine announced that it will close its doors in 2024 because of unsustainable economics. This sent shockwaves through the industry. So what do you think the long term future is for fine dining? Uh, we, we believe, you know, that 
fine dining is is not necessarily what everyone is looking for today. That being said, you know, if you take uh, the work just to choose one of a group like, you know, what the chef did at Noma, or even here in our local backyard um, in Healdsburg, uh, with two very prominent uh, Michelin-starred restaurants with um, a single thread and with Cyrus restaurant, um, there's a place for them. Um, and and God bless the the chefs and those that are pioneers and are that passionate about it. Um, and we're fortunate because we do have a couple of these great uh, Michelin-starred restaurants here uh, that do a great job. We also believe that that's not for everybody every day. And so this idea of, of being more approachable um, is the space that we occupy. Um, and for thus, for that, um, you know, it's still a lot of the same core ingredients. If you think about um, any one of those Michelin star restaurants that we're just talking about, um, they focus on, you know, the freshness of, of what they're serving. They focus on the quality of it. They focus on the preparation of it. And that's no different than what we're doing. We're just not necessarily trying to do it at that level. Um, but there's a place for what they're doing. Um, and, and we celebrate what they're doing just as we think there's a great place for what we call approachable luxury in, in our food and beverage and culinary experiences. So aside from the properties you've developed and the ones that are in development, how do you see the Appalachian brand expanding in the next five years? Um, I don't know, is there branded residences on the horizon sometime? We, we definitely see that as an opportunity. There's many that have gone before us, Scott, um, who have seen the opportunity to blend you know a residential offering with hotels uh we do have a small bit of that uh today in our sun valley project or Sun valley project um has uh, about 11 residences there we wish it had more but that's all that the site could accommodate um but those those 11 you know lucky residents staying in in the appalachian sun valley uh will have all the access in the world to all the amenities and all the features uh, that a hotel guest would have uh, at even that much more of an elevated level. And so we definitely see the opportunity in residences. Um, certainly we see our experiential learning as something um, early on that's getting a lot of traction for us and continuing to expand that. And in each and every one of our properties, we believe is a, is a great experience. I'd say another thing that not too many people talk about, but that we really try to focus on too, equally as much to provide a great guest experience it's also about, you know, how do we make sure we do something unique and differentiated with our staff? And so wherever possible, we're also trying to look at um, employee housing as a part of our offering and what we're doing, whether that's on our campus or near our campus. Um, but more and more today in so many of these destinations, housing is a challenge. Um, and so we want to be, do our fair share in the community, be a responsible employer. And so um, providing wherever we possibly can employee housing so that um, for those that, that, that need places to stay that allows us to do that and provide that offering. But I think we're going to see as time goes on, there'll be more and more opportunities for us because, again, we really want to um, be connected to those communities. Another area uh, that is a part of our future growth um, in a similar vein to uh, the residential uh, offering inside of our hotels is residential offerings in the adjacent community. Again, um, more and more people today are traveling multifamily, multi-generational, and uh, people love residences, right? So especially where we don't have residences available, it's something we're currently exploring in Healdsburg, we look for other vacation rental homes 
that today are beautiful representations of that destination, you know, beautifully uh, furnished um, and with many of the amenities. But the one thing that's missing from them is they don't have, you know, the, the service level that we can provide because of the fact that we have an infrastructure with a hotel. So working with a select group of residential owners in each of the communities we're in, where people want that home experience, but they also want the service level of us being able to bring in a chef to be able to cook for them, uh, being able to you know, provide daily housekeeping service and other things like that, in addition to access to the hotel while they're in that destination, or but a few things that we're thinking about as we expand what Appalachian will continue to evolve as its offerings. Christopher Hunsberger, co-founder and chief operating officer of Appalachian. Thank you so much for coming on Facing the Giants. Thank you very much, Scott, for your time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Facing the Giants. Please tell a friend about the show. Now that you know this show, go check out my other podcast, The Luxury Item. It's a podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the industry. You can find The Luxury Item wherever you found this podcast. Facing the Giants is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'll be back soon with another episode.